Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on Newstalk. Yesterday we spoke about a trade mission to Central Europe. Today we're going to talk about the booming trade links between this country and Asia. The entire, con- <clears throat> the entire continent, excuse me. Over the next three or so years, that trade might reach $100 billion, according to the government. But trade flows and investment has been complicated by lockdowns and supply chain issues, and perhaps even political problems too, as America tries to force Europe to pick a side when it comes to a potential Cold War with China. Martin Murray is the Executive Director of Asia Matters and is sitting in front of me. Good morning, Martin. Morning, Joe. Uh, Delighted to be here. What are we selling to Asia? We're selling uh, so much to Asia. Um, You know, the multinationals are repurposing a lot here and selling it out there, but primarily it could be divided, I suppose, into uh, tech, uh, pharma, biomed, Mm. um, um, also um, financial services, particularly fintech now. Aviation finance is huge. There's a lot happening in construction, professional services, higher education, Mm -hmm. life sciences and tourism coming back as well. I mean, you know, there's 800 million Chinese who are starting to travel and Hainan Airlines, you may have seen, just announced the reopening of the flights to Ireland. So So it's across the broad. So let's focus on tourism now because that's a very important services sector. Um, These Chinese that want to come to Europe... Is Ireland on that trail? When I say that, is if they want to do Europe, they might say, well, I might want to do Paris, I might want to do Berlin and Rome. But do they then say, oh, I must see Dublin? That's, must see Cork? that's been the tradition. And to be fair, the absence of direct flights is a, is a big problem. But, mm-hmm. but the Highland flight for now certainly will uh, resolve that and we hope it will continue and stay. But we were talking to people recently in China mm-hmm. and what they said to us that since the pandemic, people, uh, there's a whole new... Uh, Chinese traveller re-emerging that actually wants to get away from big cities and is looking for countryside, authentic experiences, beautiful nature, of course, Instagramable photos, mm-hmm. and particularly, you know, nice people, friendly people, um, you know, good food, and, you know, getting into communities. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that's the entire rural Ireland. And of course, know? that counts as an export because you're exporting a service course, and all that stuff. Huge, huge. In terms of the physical exports from this country to Asia, and not just China, um, pharma, this, a lot of the stuff is made by American multinationals in this country and then shipped overseas, but it's counted as our exports. It is, it is. And the vast majority of our exports come from American mm. companies. But if you look at the 600, say, EI clients doing business there, you have people yeah, like, Ireland, yeah. you know, you have people like um, Irigen and Galway with their aerosol uh, dispensers, mm-hmm. you know, doing fantastic work. You've people like fifty percent of our exports, indigenous exports, are food, like Carberry. Uh, Carberry have synergy flavors based in Thailand. You have in financial services. Say, uh, I feel very Cork today. I'm from Cork. Mm-hmm. You have Global Shares. Um, their second biggest market is in Asia. They do, as you know, employee stock options, uh, doing huge work. You have uh, Know Your Customer, which is a reg tech, a huge area now for Ireland, and they're oh, actually based reg, in reg Singapore. Tech, regulatory technology. Yeah. That's like, an interesting one. My former job, I was the, before Asia Matters, I was the first CEO of Ireland's Regulatory Compliance Association. Mm. And uh, what we found then was there's huge opportunities for Ireland to become a, a, a reg tech hub. I mean, it's amazing. Well, that's Even, interesting. And that's in a whole kind of line of business that can, that can be quite profitable. It, yeah, because 9% of global regulation is the same. So only 10% is local. So, for example, we're going to look at this in October at uh, an Asia Matters Summit. We're doing in Letterkenny and Donegal because mm-hmm. they're ideally placed next to the UK. Yeah. So they're, they, they're the best of both worlds. Tip over the border. I mentioned supply chain issues. Um, is nearshoring becoming an issue as companies uh, don't want to be too dependent on trade, which might be 10,000 kilometres away? 
I can fully respect that, you know, and we all understand since the pandemic supply chains got shattered. But the reality is that, you know, that's a decision up to individual company leaders to make. But it's not an easy thing to do. For example, if you look at the trade, say, between China, you mentioned China and the US, you know, if we park the politics for a moment, you know, mm-hmm. business, business, just politics. For, no, but just for a moment. I mean, do, like right now, China, US trade is at a record high of almost 700 billion right now from the end of 2022. So despite politics, trade has gone up mm. and US imports and exports to China has gone up. And basically, it's easy to talk about establishing these supply chains, but it's quite difficult to replace the integrated global supply chains at a price that firms and customers are willing to pay. Equally, I look at the UK, right? The UK, and, and this is just out, which is really, really interesting, right? Um, China's the fifth largest trading uh partner for Ireland, the fourth largest for the UK. But if you look at the UK, right, 2022 figures, right, it's actually up 18.3%, right, in 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 bilateral trade to 111 billion. Yeah. Exports are up almost 40%. So UK exports turn up 40% and imports up 11%. But I, I wonder, do your members and the people that you advise, are they cognizant of the fact that at some stage down the tracks, the Americans might start telling Europe, you need to decide. Are you going to trade with China, who is increasingly becoming our strategic enemy, or are you going to trade with us? Um, we're not seeing it on the ground. Um, for example... Um, no, but it, it I, could be a geopolitical reality, though, in a few years. It, it could, but OK, when I worked in compliance, right, mm. and you saw today, you said the news about Meta and Amazon, right? Yeah. The EU and America is always, to a degree, at war over data protection. Yeah. The biggest data protection issues actually come. We refer to it in the papers. We've referred with with Meta, etc., and that U.S. intelligence firms could access European data. There's a lot of talk about what Chinese firms may do, but to date, no one has, you know, cautioned us on on anything. And equally, when when you look at it from Asia, let's look at an Asia perspective. I'm married to a Japanese, talk to Japanese people every day. Mm. Many people in Japan, for example, they see what's happening as a repeat of what happened in the '80s when Japan challenged the dominance of America as the number one economy. Yeah. And, you know, things... There was, car- a, there, was a, there was a pushback from the Americans. There, there was. And to be honest, the Japanese just carry on and do business anyway. We find an awful lot of this is just carry on and do business anyway, you know. And plus, let's be quite honest here. As a country, 90% of what we do is exports. We have to diversify, you know. Yeah. We cannot be limited. We ourselves off our dependence no, on the US. And, recent, and recently, the, yeah, it's all about diversity. Recently, the leaders of, you know... Um, you know, the leaders of France, Germany, Italy, Spain, they're all going to, to China to really grow that business. Brilliant. Martin, thank you so much. And best of luck reaching the $100 billion target. That's Martin Murray, the Executive Director of Asia Matters. Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk.